Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. This is Hi. Tracy, and I'm coming to you from the state of Maine. And joining me tonight, I have Heidi. She is joining me from... The state of New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Betsy joining us from the state of... Maine. Or the state of chaos. I kind of feel like I'm in the state of chaos right now. An an altered state, yes. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But we're here tonight to not talk about states or states of matter. We're here to talk to you about a city and an area. More of a county, I guess you would count it call it. Let's let's talk about Peterborough and the Kawarthas. Which is not the Peterborough in New Hampshire that's just down the road for me. No. <laughs> Spelled the same, though. No, it is It is the Peterborough that is in Ontario, just up the road from Toronto. Mm. It's actually mm-hmm. not very far from the border. And just, I would say it's east-northeast of Toronto, uh, looking at mm. it, probably about I'd say sixty miles from there. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's it's up there. It's up there. Yeah, um, it's it's very sparsely populated. Uh, it's eighty one thousand people in Peterborough. I didn't get the how much it is for all of the Kawarthas as well. Would you oh. like to give it? Oh, it was called the Electric City because it was the first city in Canada. That got electric streetlights. Oh, that is very interesting, actually. Versus gas lamps or something, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. Matter of fact, a number of big industries moved to Peterborough with their business, like Simmons, or, or sorry, Siemens and GE and Rolls Royce, be- and <laughs> <Yum>. Quaker Oats, <laughs> ironically, because of the electronics, because um, of the electrical. Very, systems. very interesting. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yes. Um, but Peterborough is known basically as the gateway to the Kawarthas. Uh, for people who aren't Canadian and or from Ontario and don't know what the Kawarthas are, it is basically like think of the Canadian version of the Poconos. Like when we talk about the Poconos in in New New York, like it's a region known for mountainous areas with lots of water, like in lakes. Hey, I thought the Poconos were in Pennsylvania. Are they? Did I get the wrong yeah, one? That's, I went to the Poconos okay. skiing one. What's the um, one that's in And New there York are lots then? of lovely lakes. Oh, oh, I know this from Miss Maisel. Oh, crap. What is it? Because isn't it where, isn't it also where Dirty Dancing went? Original Hotel is actually in Virginia, but but it is based in the Catskills. For those of you. Okay. The Catskills. That's what, we're, that's what we're looking for. Sorry about that. Yes. That's the, okay. The, but it is the the Canadian version of the Catskills, where it's mountainous, but it's also got lakes all around it, and it's just very scenic and beautiful. So that's what the Kawarthas are. Mm, I like it. Um, the Peterborough was known as the... It was named after Peter Robinson. 
who was the politician that oversaw the first major immigration of the white peoples to the area. Now I'm, I'm kind of, uh, saying that from, from Wikipedia there, but they just said the first immigrants to the area. And I want to add in the first white immigrants to the area. There were already people living there, which is where the name Kawarthas came from. Um, and so the Kawarthas, if you look at, it actually comes from the name of the the First Nations people that lived in that area. Um, and they called it Kawate Gumog, which means land of reflections, which is a very hmm. beautiful way of saying lakes. But then the then the English came in and anglicized it and called it the Kawarthas. And even changed what it means and changed it to bright waters and happy lands. <laughs> oh, the uh, English. You gotta love them. <laughs> That's sarcasm. You don't have to love them. Um, <laughs> as a French person, you don't have to love them. What I've always found interesting about this song is, is who writes a song based on a weather report? So yes, yeah, that, that was I was gonna get to that. So that was the beginning of what this song was. Is go ahead, Heidi. I'll let you take that. Well, there's a, a BNL blog Q and A with Jim from uh, 2005, where he says uh, that he's added a song called Peterborough and the Quarthers, and the song was inspired by the CBC weather forecasts that are broadcasted daily for Southern Ontario, Peterborough and the Quarthers. Uh, is one of the regions that the meteorologists report often focuses on. And so the name caught the ear because it sounds like such a pristine place. So he wrote a song that was about longing for that place. And he ended up writing about the thing that he longs for the most, which I also know what it, that is. But we just, it has a nice TikTok beat to it, which I find interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. And originally it usually, it's not Tyler doing the weather forecast. Like whoever does the weather forecast, I'm guessing it's an actual weather forecast. Well, it does say that Tyler includes a weather forecast in the middle of the song that so far has been based on the one included on the album. So I wonder who did it on the album because he, have they done this live very much? Yeah. They, so when Tyler they do it live, does it in the live. Okay. Right. When they but do I think it live, you're right. I think it is a real forecaster. They did a live performance with a guy who was a meteorologist by the name of Bob something. And when they're doing the live performance, he just kind of jumped in to where that part was for the forecast and uh, did some sort of random forecast. But he's he, he kind of like, you know, switched it up and talked about the weather in general terms. But yeah, there was a there was a live performance with that in it. So and usually when Tyler does it when they're live. He does whatever the weather is that day um, and, and takes it from that region that day. I can say that this is the most famous version. Um, and what I'm holding up here in front of me is the all new review, um, which was the if you ordered. So we didn't talk about it, but this comes from Bare Naked Ladies Are Me. And the song we're talking about tonight, if you haven't heard it before, is Peterborough and the Kawarthas. If you haven't heard it, here's a quick snippet. I left you in the rain, Peterborough and the Kawarthas. Your reflection in 
The original, the the full two disc set, knowing ahead of time that you were only going to get Bare Naked Ladies Are Me, and then when it came out, you would get Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. They to kind of like be nice to you and say thank you for buying this in advance. They gave you this all new review, which was them doing it live at the Glen Gold Theater. Um. Not all of the songs, just some of the songs from them. And this is one of them. And it's interesting that Kevin, instead of playing the toy piano or other things, is playing the accordion in the live version. But other than that, there's not a lot of differences. how many times they play this they have played this 25 times live out of 647 concerts that have happened since that this song first came out so it's pretty rare you're going to hear it um they first played it at this glenn gold studio for the live uh live album and then the last time they played it was in 2017 in Peterborough, Canada. And that's it. They haven't done it again since, but there also hasn't been a lot of concerts since then. So, you know, it, it's been four and a half years, but for two years of that, right. like, you give them a pass. I think I saw them do that on a, on a Ships and Dips tour, if that, if that timing syncs up as well. But it, but it was... Jim and Andy and uh, Ed was on the drums. So it's kind of a stripped down version, but it was different harmonies because Andy was there. That doesn't surprise me because, yes, I did see when I was going through the numbers that a of those 24 songs or 24 times they did it live, five of them were done on the Ships and Dips tours. So, yeah. It was done pretty often. Like they, they enjoyed doing that on the ships and dips. It's a great little song. Um, but Heidi, would you like to give us a breakdown of this song? The Heidi breakdown. It's the Heidi breakdown. Uh, so yes, uh, this piece is in the key of D with a tempo of about 115 beats per minute. Um, it is pretty straightforward chord wise um, in that it's basically a four chord sign, but it does do a shift because, well, the form is introduction, then a chorus. So he doesn't start with a verse. There's a little intro, then a chorus, then verse one, chorus, verse two, bridge, the bridge, uh, verse three, chorus, and then a coda. Um, it is in the key of D and it goes uh one, four, one, four, one, four. It's very, and you can hear that. I left you in the rain. It just goes back and forth. On chord. Um, in the verse, so that's the chorus. In the verse, he shifts it up and he uh, has an E minor chord to a G chord to an E minor to an A chord. So it's a minor two to a four to a two to a five. 
And then he repeats that same chord progression throughout the verse. And that's the way it is through all the verses, except he does land at the coda at the very end. He lands back on the D chord. So where he, uh, I listen for you every morning, and then he brings it home to the D chord. So it's a very simple, only a few chords, and it's there's not a whole lot going on because I think it's it's more about the lyrics, which are very interesting um, and and beautiful when you know what it's about um, and and who it's for. So it, it's a really interesting, quirky little gym tune, and I it's one of my favorite gym tunes, honestly. So I want to point out that there's some interesting things that they do with the music with this. Um, that you didn't that you didn't catch on, um, but were in in notes that I found randomly um, in different places. Um, so um, one, mm. I love that catchy little guitar rift that they have that starts it off. That's only in the chorus, but they they the reason I bring it up, mm. it's only in the left ear. So that acoustic guitar is on the left ear only throughout the whole song. In the right ear is the electric guitar and the toy piano only on that right side. I'm going early, won't brief goodbye. Tell him I love him. Look him in the eye. I've learned that I'm warm. Which there's a good reason for that, too. What would that be? <laughs> well, it's he was thinking about that place of longing and and it's about his young son. So it really does connect. So when you really are like, these lyrics are very strange, then you really get it. Uh, all of the lyrics point to your child and your young child in so many ways. I'm going to come back to the the lyrics in a little bit because you kind of let us there. But a couple more notes that, that are interesting. Um, I do want to kind of point out that it's interesting that or that I, I love the fact that Kevin decided to go with a toy piano Um once again, as you were saying with the lyrics, like it really kind of ties in um, and gives a sweetness to this song that a regular keyboard just wouldn't do. And it doesn't sound quite the same when you hear it with the accordion. No, I agree. Um, I love the Oz that are in the background. It's almost its own instrument. Like it's not matching up with the other stuff. It is adding something in that's not there otherwise. And then the wood block. I love how he has the woodblock just sparingly in there. Like he's using all kinds of other percussion, but every now and then you get but nothing's that. overwhelming. And I think that's what I meant by, you know, it's very straightforward, but nothing's overwhelming to take away from the lyrics and the story. Um, so that's what I appreciate. Like there is a lot going on, but it's not, it's not so heavy that it gets overwhelming, which I think is perfect. I really like the rhythm of the song, like whatever he's doing with the drums. It's like, um, I, I can't imitate it, but it's just the rhythm was like slightly off centered, but, but it was still like, he got in a groove. It was very, it's very catchy. Um, and musically, and I, I really, yeah, I really love like, it's, I mean, it's on the nose like yeah the whole toy guitar and a block like things that kids would play with right so that's that's woven really nicely in there it's a really nicely balanced 
uh, song in the in the sense that you're it's kind of like when you listen to closing time and you finally it finally clicks like oh it's about that <laughs> and then so that's kind of like <laughs> when you hear the you know kid related instruments and you're like oh you know it doesn't take you didn't take me nearly as long to realize what this was about as as it did for closing time but <laughs> um but yeah yeah no this is a really cute song and definitely something we'll get to the lyrics but definitely something i can uh, resonate with so well, well, why don't we get to the lyrics? Tell tell us your thoughts on this, ladies. I think one of my favorite lyrics is um, when he first starts singing, uh, I left you in the rain, Peterborough in the Quarthers, your reflection in the pain, Peterborough in the Quarthers. So the pain, of course, is spelled as window pain, but of course, like, it's painful to leave your kid, especially when they're young and you're like, I don't really know how they're going to react. It's kind of like when I first dropped my daughter off to daycare and I'm like, I hope she'll be okay with this stranger that, yeah, we've talked to, but you know, uh, for him, you know, he's leaving him with family. So it's a little easier, but it's, you know, he just wants his son to be taken care of. He knows all his favorite things and he wants to make sure that the mom gets it right. And like, if there's, you know, uh, he likes this, he likes that, you know, and just kind of almost like a little checklist or instructions for her to, you know, kind of go by when he's away from home. And um, because, you know, when you leave your kids, when they're, when you're that young, you kind of have a little bit guilt sometimes. And like, you want to make sure Mm -hmm. that everything's like done correctly and that your kid's happy. And so he's kind of going through this whole list of things that make his son happy. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's relatively straightforward. You know, I found my heart when he came. Let my leaving leave like rain. So, you know, that's what kids do to you. They, like, <laughs> weasel, you, you know, their way into your heart. And then... So, yeah. Let my leaving leave like rain. I struggle with that lyric. So, I don't know. You could take, you could take that a couple of different ways. I took it as, like, you know, when the when the rain lets up and then like the sunshine comes out it's like that you know once he leaves and kind of gets maybe a few miles from home maybe you know he'll start to think about what he has to do next when he's like maybe touring or something and kind of shifts his focus to that so that he's kind of looking forward to things versus kind of getting you know letting himself be um, sad about le- having to leave his son. That's how I took it. But I think you could, you could probably take it a couple different ways, but that's that's how I chose to take it. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I had thought of, like, I, I, sometimes when I hear those lyrics and I get myself uh, kind of stuck in a frame of mind, uh, it's hard for me to go, okay, well, oh, that's where <laughs> that's coming from. And, and yeah, that makes a lot more sense that yeah. way. Thank you. Heidi, what would you like to add in about this? Very similar to what Betsy was saying. You know, as as a mom, you think, you know, this stuff all the time. And the, with a grown daughter now who's adulting and living on her own and far, far away, um, you think back to all the little moments when they're kids. And and exactly when you drop them off for daycare the first time or, or for kindergarten for the first time or or when they're not feeling well. Like there's so many little moments. And I love the bird book and basketball, squirrel dog and learning how to crawl. I found my heart when he came, let my leaving leave like rain. I, I love that verse. 
Uh, it's just so, it's so lovingly uh, written. It's, it, mm. I wrote a song for my son based on Goodnight Moon. Um, and it was like, Goodnight. And, and I, so I, I took the lyrics of Goodnight Moon, but then I added verses about, and when he was little, little. And because that was his favorite book, as it is so many kids. Um, we read that book over and over again. But I love that he uses bird, book, and basketball. Like some of those first, you know, we, we do the alphabet books and, oh, these things start with B, bird, book, basketball. And I wonder, like squirrel, dog, like sometimes anything with four legs is the same thing. So squirrel might be a dog and a dog is a dog and a cat is a dog and a, or or like a, um, a skunk is a cat. Uh, like there's that little distinction. Um, but learning how to crawl, like, and maybe squirrel dog might've been a toy he played with or crawled after, or cause you try to encourage your kids to move with bribery. Um, so <laughs> I just think it's such a, it's such a, it's just a very loving, loving um, set of lyrics. So that's my thought. Yeah. When I heard the lyrics, I thought was- I learned how to mourn and I've learned how to miss like, it's hard. I'm going early, won't wave goodbye. Like I get up early in the morning and usually leave before, you know, before he does, or when he was little, I would leave much before he was up um, to go to work. And it's, but you still open the bedroom door and you say, I love you. And, you know, all those little moments, you, you know, so I think this is really touching for, for parents, I think. Let's talk about the last lyric. Hmm. That he repeats four times. I'll listen for you every morning. What do you think he's saying with I'll listen for you every morning? Here, here's a, a person that has gone away from their son. And we'll hear my theory in a few minutes about what, what this song is about. Um, but. I'll listen for you every morning. He's not home. It's not saying that he's picking up the phone or anything like that. What does he mean by I'll listen for you every morning when he's not around his for his son? It's obviously an yeah. important lyric. It's not a throwaway because he says yeah. it four times. I took it as, like, personally for myself, I... I still keep my baby monitor on. Um, so I I think even when you wake up away from home, you still listen for like the baby monitor sounds first thing in the morning. It's almost like kind of like this white noise that you've been listening to for so long that it's so ingrained in your brain that you kind of automatically, you know, expect to hear it first thing in the morning because you always have. Heidi, what do you think? I like that idea. I think... Also, if if you are home, you you listen for when they get up in the morning, when they wake up, like so you can hear them shuffling around or when they're really little, like moving around in their crib and, and stuff like that. But then I wonder, I I, I wonder if it's be, and this is might be way left field. So where you have the bridge that has the the weather report. I have a feeling it's like he listens for the weather report in the morning 
so that he knows what's happening back at home where he is. And that's what ties him to home. So where he says, I heard you got some rain, looks like we're in the same. There's that connection. It's kind of like, are if you're on the phone, you're like, I'm looking at the moon. Are you looking at the moon? Just like me, we're looking at the moon at the same time. So I listen for the weather report because it somehow connects me to home and where you are. And so I know it's a little left field, but I kind of thought maybe that, you know, you get up in the morning, you listen to the weather report, you get up in the morning and you, so I don't know, but, um, and in the weather report, he hears his son. (laughs) That is interesting. I like that. Mm, I like that one too. Jim, we love you. We'd love you to come on the show. Come on, Jimmy. One ginger to another. Get on the show. Come on, Jim. Andy did it. Andy did it. That's right. You're twice. You're not going to let your brother show you up by coming on twice. Uh He seems like a guy. Nice guy. Come on. So I have a darker reading of this. Oh, I don't like darker. (laughs) I I didn't want to go with the simple reading. Um, I, I so I went with a little bit of a darker side here of divorce or or soul custody that ends up switching um and as i read it i'm like well that's sad and unfortunately (laughs) it does fit and if that were the case obviously it would be jim writing a story from a point of view because obviously we know he's still with his his family but just him like what would it be like if i were no longer with my son and my reasoning behind this the reason my brain went there is the lines of apples pears prunes and plums his favorite food i told his mom Mm mm-hmm Wait for him at the end of the slide. When he climbs the stairs, stay by his side. Here's a dad that's telling his telling the mom how to take care of the child. What his favorite things are before he leaves. Why does the mom not already know all these things? And my, this is just my dark read. Like, well, the reason would be as if it's if it's sole custody is switching. If he had the child and knew all these things about his child and had to hand over the child to mom, he would want to share all those things, all those wonderful things about his kid that mom needs to know that he is sad that he's not going to get to experience mm. anymore. And I, I guess you could even that verse where he says when he climbs the stairs ba- stay by his side like if you really wanted to get like deep and dark that's like if he's climbing stairs like in terms of like you know steps taken like growing up stay by his uh-huh. side to like support him as he you know grows into an adult but yeah, yeah. and he doesn't trust the person that he's handing it right. off to like when when he climbs the stairs stay by his side uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't trust you to not do that uh-huh. Um, the other thing is like, if we're looking at a switch of custody and the reason that they continue, he continues to not see it, it also kind of supports the idea of this person leaving and going away and coming back over and over again, because we have numerous times that he comes back, that things, the, the child is growing while he's away and, and throughout the song different things are referenced that would be different as he's growing up so we have bird book and basketball 
which that would be, you know, a child using a basketball, that's that's not young. Like, that's older. That's a good point, too. <laughs> but he's also learning how to crawl. He's also learning to climb the stairs. We also He also talks to him about, about him being a toddler. So, like, all these things are different parts of growing up that he's missing. It's a dark read, but and then he has to learn. He also says goodbye more than once because one time he says he has to leave early, so he won't have to say goodbye. And then the very last verse, he says, "I watched you from the train." Well, how can you both leave early so you don't have to say goodbye and watch them from the train? There's multiple goodbyes, and he's planning on coming back. I'll when I come back, I'll see you again. That's just my dark read. I hope it's just Jim going on tour, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a much brighter read. Is Jim going Jim's on a, tour? Jim's a family man, so he's just going on tour. He is. That's that's what'll help me sleep tonight. <laughs> that was just a kind of a fun, not fun read. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of have a little bit of fun with the lyrics. Obviously, this is about Jim and going on tour because Jim Jim doesn't often sing about stuff that's not related directly to him so it usually he he's not the story song kind of guy he he's the i'm gonna tell you about my life and and kind of exercise some de- demons um and he said that he'd worked on this song for over two years when he finally finally decided to put it down yeah. so i mean it obviously means something to him if he's writing it for two years at that point so I'm get that. That's my way of saying I think you guys are right. <laughs> but I do, I do understand where you might be coming in from it for too. I think sometimes though, also where you were saying, you know, he's telling his, you know, the the peaches, pears, apples, that that whole line as you know, you're telling your mom because like you don't know. But I think sometimes we we often will say those things to the other parent just to feel like we are contributing something and like I Mm -hmm. truly know what his favorite foods are I actually know even though I have to be gone a lot you know like so maybe that's a little bit of it too I don't know and it delays leaving Mm. yeah and it delay right exactly (laughs) wait 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 for him at the end of the slide uh, okay, bye. Um, right, right. Oh, when he climbs the stairs, stay by his side. Um, right, right. Don't forget. Right. And I'm sure it's absolutely painful for him to have gone on tour. I mean, I know when, that I, I spent six weeks at home with my son um, and with my daughter when they were first born. After, after my wife's maternity leave, I had my paternity leave. And when I had to go back to work, it was extremely painful, especially dropping the children off at, at daycare that first day, it, it was hard to, to let go and go back to work. It is, yeah. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it must be like for him to know that he's going away for months on end for tours and he's going to miss big pieces of his kid's life. What a downer. <laughs> I know. I think, I think probably. I know. I keep bringing it back to the sad part. <laughs> I think probably too, when he was writing it, the time frame that he was writing and there probably wasn't as much like, I don't think zoom was really a thing or, you know, like, you know, seeing each other's faces probably wasn't going to actually happen until he was physically back with him. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. Fo- I mean, it was, it was phone calls yeah. and that's not much. No, no. Especially with a young child. 
Yeah. I, I know that when my, my son was a year and a half old, I went for just one week. Um, <laughs> yes, one week. Um, out to the other coast to for a training. And to call at night, obviously I'm not going to get much in return from a one and a half year old. <laughs> I, you know, not being able to talk was, was painful. Yeah. And I had like, it wasn't zoom, but it was like video conferencing mm-hmm. technology at that time, but it wasn't good. Do you think it's harder on us though, than it is on them? They, do you think that maybe they're just happy go lucky? And then when we see them, we're like, Oh my, my heart walk, walking outside of my body. There you are. And you know, get all emotional and mm-hmm. then. And then you hang up and you're like, oh, I'm so sad. I miss him so much. And they're like, hey, look, it's Barney on the TV. And they just, this just kind exactly. of yes. this, this yes. different frame of mind for them versus us. So <laughs> that's what I like to think anyway. <laughs> I think that's probably absolutely true. They they do rebound very easily. They <laughs> they As long as they have someone that they love that is there to take care right. of them, then kids are extremely resilient. Yeah. So. We are not so much as adults. <laughs> no, sometimes we are not. Well, what do you guys think that we should rate this song then? I've been trying to sit here and thinking of what a ra- a good rating would be for this week. Because huh. um... I was going to go with Lakes, but this song isn't really about Peterborough and the Corthens. So once I think I think that's one of the things I wanted to kind of mention is like here's the name of this song is Peterborough and the Corthas. The repeated verse throughout the song of in the chorus is Peterborough and the Corthas, but really when it comes down to it, doesn't have anything to yeah. do with the song itself. Yeah. How many bird dogs then? <laughs> so calling it how many lakes doesn't make sense. <laughs> Should we go with how many tears? Oh, no. Did it make us cry? No. <laughs> no, that's so sad. We could do forecasts or squirrel dogs or... Uh, forecasts, <laughs> meteorologists. <laughs> um, how many quarters? How many know. missed milestones? Oh, jeez. You're oh, really dark tonight. Jeez. <laughs> 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 Betsy's like, I'm never coming back. He makes me cry. How many, how many shattered childhood memories? You're getting more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Aaron uh, or Stefan or Jeff to be dark. I have to take the spot. Oh my gosh. We don't have to go into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's rain, so you could do umbrellas. I don't know. There's not a really. Umbrellas? There's not Apples? Yeah. <laughs> there's not like one that really stands out as the thing no it, it's a it's a beautiful little song but there's nothing wait wait what's this kid's name finn is it finn I... how many fins <laughs> yeah because on um snack time he's like my name is finn and i like crackers <laughs> so i think yeah okay so how many how fins? many fins it's all about finn sweet fins Sorry. Well, <laughs> I'm hungry. Heidi, how many fins do you give this song? All right. Uh, I I really do love this song. Um, I think I'm going to have to give it 4.6 fins. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You really love I this really song. do love this song. It's one of my favorites on that album. 
Um, and I play the vinyl in my office a lot. And that's one that I, I just kind of tend to go to. Um, and I just love the melody of it. Um, and I, and I, I'm constantly humming this song. I don't know why, but it's like Peterborough and the Kawarthas. Like I just love the feel and the groove of this song so much. What about you, Betsy? How many fins do you give this song? Um, it's definitely a playlist song, so it's got to be at least yes. a four. Um, I think it has like that little bit of bittersweet that I don't like to have too much of, you know, so it wouldn't be a five, <laughs> but I really resonate with the whole concept of this. So I think I would say four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Wow. I'm definitely the hater. This oh, week, I think. But okay. let, let's see what Aaron says. Aaron, what do you think about this song? Aaron couldn't be here this week, but he sent in his report. This is a Jim Cregan song. I'm happy to hear Jim getting a chance to spread his wings. I think the most memorable Cregan song I can recall is In the Drink, and I didn't really love that one. Peterborough and the Quarthas is a bit more my speed. It's bittersweet, and everyone knows I'm an indie rock kid at heart. So, of course, I love bittersweet. Paints a picture with words. I've never been to those lake regions in Ontario, but they sound lovely. And I can sure understand writing a song that pays tribute to a beautiful place where you spend time in your younger years. I think it's a solid song, and it's good enough to make me curious and want to hear more from Jim. I award Peterborough and the Quarthas a solid 3.6 fins out of 5. Okay, well, well, well okay. Maybe I'm still not the hater. Stefan, what do you say about this song? Um, I kind of, I liked it. I really like these songs. I don't know what's going on with the peas, but it's already starting off strong. Um, it's like I like the beat. I liked um I like the lyrics. Uh it ties in together. It was kind of a story. Uh the instrumentals superb. These songs are just really good songs. And um I would definitely put them on my playlist. Uh, they're great to listen to. They're fun to listen to. Um, I can't really compare the, the instrumentals or the song to anything that I'm familiar with. But um, I thought it was solid. Um, it wasn't uh, goofy. It wasn't, uh, didn't feel like it was stretched. It didn't feel like it was forced in any way. Because uh, sometimes it sounds like they're forcing uh, a song. You know, they're like, oh, man, we got to come up with a song here. Let's just throw this together. You know, and you can you, you got that feeling of it's just thrown together. I'm not getting that with with this song at all. And it's nice. I like it. Um, I like this song just a little bit better than Passcode. Um, so I'm going to rank this one a, uh, a four. Well, Je no, no, my Jeff's not going to bother to ring in. He he hasn't rung in for <laughs> weeks. Jeff, what's wrong with you? Reach out to us. We know you love us. <laughs> we miss you. We're and we're crying. It's like we're it's like you're our son that's disappeared. Please return. He's, he's uh, busy creating musical gold. Don't you miss us? You you've gone away for so long. We've grown so much in the long time that you've been gone. 
<laughs> we'll listen for you every podcast. <laughs> We've been listening for your review. We'll listen for you every podcast. <laughs> so I I did not mention one of the things that I disliked the most about this song, The Trouble with Tracy. I don't like the repeat of Peterborough the Carothers. I don't like the title of this song. I because I feel it doesn't tie in enough. Um, if Jim lives there and that's what, like, just make some tie in, make it fit somehow, especially since you're going to repeat it so many times and that you're going to call that what this song is. Um, if you're going to repeat, first of all, I, I'm not a big fan of major repeats when it comes to a song um, that that doesn't make sense. <gasps> I had epiphany. Okay. But go ahead, finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, if it doesn't immediately tie in, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, then I don't, the repeat doesn't work for me. Um, and so I, I just don't like that with this song. Um, and I, I think the song's okay. It's, it's all right. I'm not big on it. I'll listen to it if it comes on now. Um, but it used to be one that I would skip regularly. It was one of my least favorites on this album. It's grown on me a little bit this week. So I'm going to give this a 3.15. <laughs> uh, and so you're, you're laughing, uh, Betsy. Because I honestly, when I wrote down this number, did not even think we like, so I wrote that because Jerome's a 3.1 and I like it more than Jerome. And it's Joseph Brown's a 3.2 and I like it less than that. So I went 3.15, but we are recording this on March 15th on the Ides of March, um, which is interesting because yesterday was Pi Day. Um, and that's my lead in to next week because next week we're, we're talking about other confectionaries. We're talking about piece of cake. Uh, yeah. You, you would think that, that giving an intro for next week would be really easy, like a piece of cake, but it, you know what? Making cake's not easy. Nah, there it is. <laughs> I love cake. <laughs> I'm a big fan of pie. I like pie. But Betsy, you had something you wanted to add in. I just, I, this, this can't be a correct interpretation, uh, because I know I've, I've heard Jim say it's about his son, but wouldn't it be cool if it was backwards? Wouldn't it be cool if this was the perspective of his folks when he maybe went to a camp in Peterborough in the Corpus? Oh, it's not because he said it's not. Right. But wouldn't it be cool if that's where the tie-in is? That I would, don't know. That would be just cool. to flip it around. It's not the dark side, but it's a different side. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do want to give us a, a an appearance for this week. Um, so this week's appearance is, of course, a gym appearance. Um, and it's when he was on the podcast, a chatter of fact where they talk with different people who are writers and band members and um, also uh, songwriters and artists of all different types and, and storytellers. 
So that their, for their 50th episode, they interviewed Jim Cregan for two hours. It is an amazing interview. I recommend people wow. go out and listen to episode 50 of A Chatter of Fact. I will put that in the, um, in the liner notes, but also you can look it up online if you are and download it on any of the podcast uh, sites that you would like to. Oh, Betsy, as always, it is fun to have you on the show. I have it is Yay. girl power. It is a piece of cake, which is next week's episode. <laughs> piece of cake. <laughs> I maybe I'll have to eat cake while we're doing uh, it. We're doing it Wednesday, right? Yes. You really want cake? Yes. We will move it to Wednesday. Now I week. really want cake. Oh. You guys have a wonderful evening. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. I'll listen for you every evening. Uh-huh. <laughs> I listen for you every morning. I listen for you every morning. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.